This is Startup Life Hacks, episode 24. Don't think about what you might miss out on if you fail. Think about what you would gain when you succeed. Welcome. Welcome to Startup Life Hacks. Ever wondered if you have what it takes to start a business? Join us as we share with you inspiring stories from these amazing entrepreneurs. Let their journeys bring you one step closer to achieving success. And now, here's your host, Romel Cabal. What up, Hacker Nation? This is Romel Cabal, the host of Startup Life Hacks, and I'm excited to introduce you to our next guest, Mike Chan. Mike is an entrepreneur, consultant, marketer, and blogger. He's the co-founder of Ribble, a real-time location-based message board app where you can share and discover the most relevant content about your current vicinity, so you'll never miss out on what's happening around you. Not only that, he is also the founder and host of his own show, Go and Grow podcast, where he interviews entrepreneurs and industry leaders to learn how they launch and grow products and companies. So Mike, that's one heck of a background, but it also seems that you've started other companies in the past that have failed for reasons that we'll dive deeper during the show. But first, let's give a quick rewind as to what your upbringing was like. What made you who you are today, personally and professionally? Yeah, you know, I can't say that I really knew I was going to be an entrepreneur from the outset. Uh, it, it was just something that dawned on me a lot later. And I think I attributed a lot of that to my upbringing because of my dad. Uh, you know, he, he was an entrepreneur by necessity. You know, he was an immigrant who came over here from Malaysia. And he was a successful businessman back in Malaysia. But he came here and had to start all over. But he learned a lot about the restaurant business. And he owned a couple of, of restaurants uh, while he was here. And you know, he, o- had, he always told me that to, to get that steady job working for the man, making big bucks. And you know, I did that for a while, but you know, I really looked back at him and said, and saw how he did it and how he built a business from nothing. And I think that's what has really driven me to be, be my own boss and be an entrepreneur that I am today. Awesome. And we kind of have some similarities. I mean, my dad was, he, he wasn't an entrepreneur, but he was also an immigrant from the Philippines. Mm-hmm. And I just saw his hard work, his ethic, and it kind of passed on to me, which is why I wanted to be successful as an entrepreneur. So do you feel like being an immigrant, you're, you're more hungry? Yeah, you're so, so I, I was born here. But yeah, my dad, when he was an immigrant, like, he had a lot going on in Malaysia. He had great jobs there, made a lot of money, but he came here for a better life for uh, myself and my sister. But like, exactly, he, he sacrificed his great life uh, in Malaysia to, to bring us over here to uh, have a better life he, in the U.S. So absolutely, you, know, you can see that he's got the hunger to really not only think about himself, but think about his family and, and support his family and just develop a better life for, for his children. Um, and you have to have a great worth ethic to, to be successful starting over in a, in a brand new country. Mm-hmm. Definitely agree. Now, this is a pretty common theme in entrepreneurship. It's difficult to get some time off for yourself as an entrepreneur, especially when you're constantly learning new skills, interacting with customers. But it's really imperative that you take some time to cool off and do your own thing. With that being said, what are a few of your favorite hobbies? 
I'm big into sports. Yeah, I had a my past career was in the the sports industry, so that's obviously a passion of mine. Uh, whether it's uh, participating in sports, playing basketball, going to the gym, running, uh, or watching sports, you know, obviously the NFL is uh, it takes up a lot of a lot of time <laughs> in my life. Uh, you know, they use use those Sundays to to unwind. Uh, you know, but I love I love to read. I love to to listen to music, um, and really just yeah, like you said, it, you have to take your mind off your work sometimes. Um, otherwise, you're going to burn out. And yeah, I love I love sports. I love working out, and I think it's a great way. You know, your your health is so important. Um, you know, when you're an entrepreneur working so many hours, uh, you have to uh, keep keep your health uh, at top notch um, so you can be most productive. Right. Now, coming from the East Coast, who's your favorite team in the NFL? I'm a New York guy, so I'm the I'm uh, with the Giants, who really blew it last, <laughs> blew it yesterday. <laughs> Was not really happy about that. So uh, a good Sunday ruined. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm a Charger fan, so I, I can feel it. <laughs> hey, well, you guys got the week off, right? So. <laughs> yeah, but maybe we may go to LA. I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah, that's gonna be a tough one. Yeah. So we are now going to concentrate on how this business got started, and maybe some of my listeners can use the same tactics once they start their own venture. So what strategies did you use to fund your business? So my businesses have all been bootstrapped. Uh, I have, I've used whether I started them on the side, working, uh, working on the side with a full-time job, or uh, leaving that full-time job and doing some consulting. Uh, I've been bootstrapping all my businesses. And... Uh, there, you know, there's certainly pros and cons to that, but you know, and the bottom line is just just make it happen. Funding from outside sources is not necessary uh, to to create a startup. I think a lot of entrepreneurs focus so much on on getting investors and getting funding. Uh, it's not necessary, uh, and you know, I think that you can get very very far without it, uh, funding whether whether you are doing bootstrapping or just creating revenue from your businesses um, that I've, I've been bootstrapping uh, my businesses um, by 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 mostly consulting fees so you know it can be done so a lot of people in my audience are college student entrepreneurs so would you suggest they become sidepreneurs first like getting a job and kind of getting your feet wet into this whole entrepreneurship before diving the head-on yeah, I think it always starts small, right? It always, you, you have to do, a, a big company it starts with little steps. And, uh, you know, when, even if you're in college, yeah, you know, you're, uh, it's a great atmosphere to, to start a, a company. Uh, you, you know, you don't really have to worry too much. And, you know, it depends on what your situation is. But, uh, you know, you have, to, you have to get that tuition. You're getting a, you're getting a, a great education. Um, but, you know, sometimes you have, uh, this this time to to create um, create your future and and start that business and uh, do something on the side uh, with with your time on the weekend and yeah, I think it's it's something that you really just need to start and just do little by little um, because all those little things add up so um, yeah I, I would agree with that statement that um, doing getting starting the side gig on uh, while you're in college is is a really good situation to be in. Yeah, and also they have all the university resources that they can take advantage of. That's really valuable. Exactly, exactly. I mean, all the alumni that you can uh, tap into, and yeah, all the all the guidance that uh, on-campus guidance that the university provides, uh, all all really good, really helpful. Mm -hmm. Now, how did you choose your founders? Whether it may be in your current or past business. 
This is a huge lesson that I learned for my first startup. Uh, this was the, the first startup that I worked on. It didn't last very long, and it was because of founder issues. Uh, this was the, uh, we were working on a smart calendar application, and this is the startup that I quit my job for. Uh, you know, a pretty sweet gig in uh, in sports business, um, and you know, one that I worked really hard for. But I, you know, one of the biggest problems for non-technical founders like myself who are trying to get into a tech startup is to find technical co-founders. And I actually did a really good job. I found three technical co-founders really quickly. And but what happened was I. I essentially got married without dating <laughs> and, you know, we jumped into <laughs> a relationship really fast. You know, we started talking about equity and, you know, even before we kind of laid out any rules or any, we, even before we got to work together and it just turned out to be a disaster. So, uh, and then it failed a, a couple months down the road. We were, we were doing some alpha testing and we just couldn't agree on the next steps and couldn't agree on the, the, the the strategy the vision of of the company um, so you know definitely date before you you get married you know do some smaller projects uh, you know there's a lot of of there's a lot of different sites out there that that where you can find a co-founder um, but once you kind of get into that meet and greet like definitely take steps to learn how each other how how you work together and uh, you know work on some smaller projects and just just feel each other out for a, a while uh, before you really make that leap because that is I believe to be one of the most important if not the most important uh, factor in success of startups. And I like how you pointed out how your founder is you know, or a business partner is a marriage because you're spending more time with your founder more than maybe your wife or your girlfriend. So. It's really good to get your feet wet and like like you said, uh, date that founder first. Yeah, and I tell my wife all the time and I tell her kind of the issues that I've had and she's she's like, oh, wow, this kind of sounds like how we met and how we dated. And <laughs> I, I'm like, yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Now, I'm pretty sure that was your worst entrepreneur moment. Now, tell us a story about great success you've had as an entrepreneur. You know, I... I think I haven't gotten to the point, at least in my eyes, where I've had great success. Um, I, uh, I think you have to celebrate the small successes. And, uh, you know, one of the things that, that, that I look at is just uh, as a success is just seeing the fruits of your labor uh, when, when you know you've worked hard. So, for instance, I just launched the, uh, you mentioned my podcast, the Go and Grow podcast. And, now, again, this wouldn't be a massive success, I think, uh, but it's a lot of momentum where, you know, I, first of all, I had no idea of what, how to launch a podcast. You know, you, I'm sure, you know, you probably went through the same, uh, same process, like there's all this exactly. equipment, right? And there's, you know, all these things you had to coordinate and it is really, really hard. And, uh, you know, I launched it, worked really hard over a few months, launched it, got on, you know, iTunes, new and noteworthy for a bunch of, a uh, bunch of those categories. And, you know, I don't think, I think there's a lot of people achieved, uh, ha have achieved that, but, you know, being able to come out the gate uh, really well and, and, and really kick off that podcast and, and see that early success and build upon it uh, is, is something that I'm really proud of. And, you know, I'm sure that 
uh, that's just laying the foundation for for future success. So, uh, you know, just I think uh, celebrating some some of the smaller successes and just seeing the the fruits of your labor is is something that I think above of as a as a good success for me. Yeah, and I can really empathize on your story because you know I've had something similar where I've been up there in your noteworthy from starting from nothing, had no idea what a podcast was maybe a year ago, and I actually just recently published on Facebook, you know, my personal Facebook. A map showing all of the downloads where people are listening to my voice and seeing the reaction that some of my friends and family like kind of gave me was just amazing. Like, how are you able to do this? And you were really shy a year ago, and now you're doing all this. Like, what happened? <laughs> and it fuels you, right? That you, it just just kind of getting that validation. It's it's amazing where uh, it's it just you know you just see see the statistics and you you see the growth and you see the reactions. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a great feeling and that, that stuff keeps it going. Yeah. So where do you see your company five years from now? Uh, you know, I think there, I'm working on a couple of things. So, you know, with the podcast, I certainly see episode, you know, 250, uh, you know, uh, doing a <laughs> weekly show. I certainly see that. I certainly see talking with, uh, people who, who are, uh, who are successful and learning their stories and just and just learning a, a lot about them and how they became successful and uh, you know working on some other uh, other anime startups you know uh, I just just really want to grow a business um, and and really have an impact and have some users who who just love the product and and have an impact in their lives so I think that's kind of the bottom line and what what really drives me um, to to be an entrepreneur awesome. Now we are now going to enter my favorite round, the superhero round. So, what is your entrepreneur superpower? In other words, what is your greatest strength? I think my greatest strength is it's weird to say this as a superpower, but uh, it's <laughs> it's empathy. I think is my my greatest strength. Uh, it's you know, but whether in both in in business and and life in general, I think I'm really good at putting myself in other people's shoes and seeing things from their view and you know I think uh, I you know I've been a marketer for a long time and that's really important in marketing and I think with entrepreneurship as well is just both whether you're talking about your customers or your teammates um, it putting you know really understanding where they're coming from is, is something that's pretty powerful I think and and you know just being able to get in people's minds and, and understand how they're thinking uh, is is I think one of my greatest strengths. So so I don't know if you call it a superpower, but uh, empathy would be one of my greatest strengths. Yeah, no, I think it's really important to have that skill as an entrepreneur. I mean, the days of the if you make it, they will come are are kind of over. You kind of have to listen to what your customers want by empathizing, putting yourself in their shoes. Like what what do they want, and then you'll create that product. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got to know what they want. Um, a lot of people build products. Um, just because they want to build that product and then they sell it, uh, it's just backwards. Uh, I think you definitely have to understand your customer first and then and then uh, serve serve their needs. Now, what would you say is your kryptonite? I think my kryptonite is just the fact that I'm a jack of all trades but master at none, and I think that could be looked at as a strength and a weakness. You know, with with entrepreneurship, a lot of times you have to know a little bit of everything. Uh, but I think you know one of the things that I feel that I could really improve is just kind of finding that one thing that I'm really strong at, and and focusing on that. 
And it's it's tough to me. It's tough for me because I, I like to know a lot about a lot of things. Um, but I, I think I can certainly, it'll serve me well to focus on one or two things and just get really super, super strong at that. Um, so so the kind of the, the breadth of my knowledge is, is almost a, a big weakness. Yeah. Story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's tough, right? It's, it's just you got a lot of interests and you, uh, you, you want to you know, feed those interests. Uh, but it's, you know, you get, sometimes you spread yourself thin. Yeah. If you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? I want to be able to read people's minds. <laughs> uh, and, you know, <laughs> empathy is part of this, but you know, I'm definitely not at the point of reading people's minds. And of course, I would use it for good. But, uh, you know, I think just, again, having a, a super deep understanding of, uh, you know, you can learn a lot from you know, like successful entrepreneurs or successful business people um, uh, or uh, really uh, high level athletes, right? It's like, how do you get into their mind? How do they think? And and what really drives them to be so successful is is uh, something that I I think it would uh, would be really helpful to be able to do. So we are now entering our final questions of the interview, and these are the tools that you would recommend that would really help our listeners rise to their feet and get started. What is one favorite tool that you use in your business and would recommend to our listeners? A tool I am all up in all day every day is Trello. It's the the project management tool. Uh, I you know there's tons of project management tools out there, right? But I feel that Trello just works for me. It's really visual. I add all my tasks and, and projects, and it, there's there's something about moving that card over to to the done column that you know it's it, it's not, it's just a little bit more. It's more than just checking off a box and having a task disappear. It's just like that that shifting of that card over it's like that visual uh, so satisfying yeah it's super satisfying and it's so something so simple that's like all right wow like this is what i did all day and just moving this you know and moving that card over after i've done it, i'm like wow all right great that's awesome yeah it's like the same thing i do with uh, my whiteboard in my room like i write all the tests that i need to do for the day and once i complete it i just erase it so when the whole whiteboard is empty i'm like that's a good day <laughs> yeah absolutely it's like yeah you start you start anew and you know that that uh that you got some stuff done when that's all it's empty right uh, what is your favorite book a book that i really like was uh it's called the business of happiness by um, by Ted Leonsis, you know, he was the the president of AOL and actually my former boss. He used to work for the Washington Capitals, uh, and he was the CEO and, and owner, majority owner there. And it it was just a really interesting book about you know, not thinking about material items and just thinking about experiences and and what 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 were the key things you need to do and involve yourself in to really be happy and. That's that's just something that a book that that has stuck with me for 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 a long time. You know, I read it a few years ago, and uh, you know, I still think back to a lot of the concepts that he laid out to uh, to to really live a fulfilling life. So I think that's uh, yeah, the business of happiness by Ted Leonsis. What would you dare to dream if you knew that you could not fail? I would dream up a a cure for cancer. Um, and you know, obviously, a lot of people working on that. But you know, that's that has something near and dear to my heart. My I lost my father to to cancer, and I've been 
very, very much in, negatively impacted by uh, by cancer. Uh, so a lot of friends and family um, ha- have it and uh, have suffered through it. So that would be absolutely if you know if I can uh, drum up a a medical re- degree and do research for the rest of my life on on knowing I wouldn't fail. I would I would uh, dedicate it to finding a cure for cancer. Nice. Now, after going through all of the failures, all of the successes you've had thus far, what is one startup life hack you discovered that you can share with our listeners? I think definitely don't think about what you might miss out on if you fail. Think about what you would gain when you succeed. And yeah, I think the big decision for me a few years ago was you know, quitting my awesome sports marketing job. And I was like, well, I, if I fail, I, am I going to be able to get this job back or a similar job or, uh, you know, what's going to happen? You know, I, that's the wrong way of thinking about things. Just, just think about like what you can possibly learn if, if when you go out and uh, you know, start, start your startup, start your business. Um, and even if you fail, just think about everything that you can learn, every, all the experience that you, you'll gain. And another job is going to be out there. Don't think about what you might lose. Always think about what you might gain. Yeah, because I mean, you're wasting time thinking about like the what ifs, like what if I can't get the job when you could have been spending all your bandwidth trying to improve your business and therefore you'll create a better life for yourself. Exactly. Now, give our listeners one action step that they can do right now to get started. You know, it, it, depending on what, what kind of business you want to you start, like just do one little thing. Because that's what gets it going. So, for instance, you know, starting my podcast, I bought a mic, right? I, I researched and bought a mic, and I'm like, this is real now, okay? <laughs> you know, it, this mic is going <laughs> to sit in front of me, and it's going to stare me in the face until I start recording, right? So, it's just doing that one little thing to get things rolling and force you to do the next thing uh, is, is just is all you have to do. Um, you know, it, it can start out as, you know, starting your day by making your bed, um, you know, starting a blog post by just writing a, the first, the first sentence, uh, just do that one little thing. And then it just kind of snowballs into the next task and the next task. And, and next thing you know, uh, you know, you have an awesome blog post, you have a great podcast episode, or you have this business that you're running now. Uh, and it all starts with just, just that, that first little step. Yeah, and I, I can agree more because one thing that I do is that once I even think about doing something, whether it may be going to a conference or like this product that I'm trying to create, like I, I make an initial investment. Like even if I think about just going to the conference, I pay for it right away. That yep. way it just relieves all the doubt. Like, all right, I already invested in this. Might as well go, right? Exactly, exactly. And it forces you to... to uh to, to do something, right? You, you do that one little task, whether you have a little outlay of cash, um, it, it forces you to take that next step. Now, what's the best way we could follow you in case we want to know more about you know, Mike Chan or the things that you're doing with your podcast? Sure, sure. Uh, just uh, my email is uh, mike at goandgirlpodcast.com. You could check us out at goandgirlpodcast.com. I'm, I'm on Twitter at, at Mike W. Chan. And you could find me, find me on LinkedIn and uh, be happy to connect. So thank you, Mike, for being a guest on my show. We appreciate your time and wisdom. But here at Startup Life Hacks, we have a saying to help motivate our listeners who are on this entrepreneur journey, that it's okay to fail and it's okay to struggle. 
So let's close by reminding Hacker Nation what our motto is and say it with extreme enthusiasm. Stay positive and keep grinding. Yes. <laughs> thanks, Mike. Right, thanks, Rommel. Thank you so much for joining me today on Startup Life Hacks. Everything that we talked about today, the tools, the books, and also how to get in touch with Mike are included in our show notes page at startuplifehacks.com. But before we close, I'd like to go over some key takeaways and lessons learned from this interview. Date before you marry. This is especially important when you're looking for a founder for your startup. Do a small project together. See how well you work with one another. Learn each other's strengths and weaknesses. You'll be spending a lot of time trying to mend the problem that could have been avoided in the beginning if you had just took the time to learn about your partner. Then, when the time is right, give them that startup ring. Or in this case, it could be equity. Let me know what you think about this comment, what it means to you. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to subscribe to get updates on each new show we publish. We showcase a startup founder every week, and who knows, maybe you can one day be a guest on my show. And for more inspiration, go to startuplifehacks.com. And as always, stay positive and keep grinding.